Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Michael Borky here with you on Sports Sunday. Super Talk Mississippi riding solo this morning. Stephen Gagliano had the audacity to get married this weekend. How dare he? Doesn't he know we have a show to do? <laughs> Congratulations, Stephen and Taylor. I, uh, I hope the weather held off for them yesterday. It's so funny. I mean... We've talked about it on this show before. We talk about it on the weekday show a lot. It's definitely uh, off-season content for sure. But the whole idea of fall weddings, you don't schedule weddings in the fall during football season. You don't do it. Because, and I told this story before, uh, I was in Nashville. Uh, One of my best friends in the world got married on a fall Saturday. And he was from Nashville. Most of the people at the wedding were from Nashville. And as you can imagine, a bunch of Tennessee Vols fans there. Uh, the The venue was beautiful. It was in the rolling hills on some some farm, you know, outside of town. And it was just a stunning venue, incredible place. But it was the night that Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma played in Knoxville. And so the entire time the wedding was going on, I guess the reception, I should say, 90% of the audience, the audience, the people in attendance at the wedding, I don't know if you call it an audience or not, was outside of the reception venue watching the game on two iPads and a cell phone. (laughs) So you just don't do it because people care more about football than they do anything else in this part of the country. And that's why my wife and I had an 18-month-long engagement because we got engaged in September, and we didn't get married until the following December because I told her we have to avoid football season. So Stephen and Taylor did the right thing. They did the right thing. They got married when they thought nothing was going on. I mean, a June weekend, and they, they got married in Oxford, a June weekend in Oxford, that... You know, there's nothing really to worry about. And then, of course, they didn't look at the baseball schedule hard enough, and it was a regional weekend. Um, But I'm sure everything went off without a hitch, and and congratulations to the two of them. Uh, That's just really exciting and awesome. They've been together basically since they were born, though, so it's not like anything's going to change in their life. But still, congratulations are due nonetheless to, uh, to Stephen and Taylor tying the knot yesterday. And again, the audacity, the audacity of him not showing up to the show today the morning after he got married. I mean, how dare he? But um, congratulations to him. We got a ton to get to, and I'd love for you to be a part of it this morning, though. Uh, On the text line, 601-879-4395. I can't answer the phone being in here by myself, you know, at at the desk with all the buttons and making sure the music fires and all that stuff. I can't answer the phone, but I can look at the text line, 601 879-4395 879-4395 uh, is the way you can be a part of the show, and I'd love to have you this morning. 
Uh, I'm sure you guys have a lot of thoughts about what happened this weekend, and we're going to cover it all. Southern Miss won a football game yesterday, as it turns out, and uh, they're still alive. They're supposed to be playing today at 1 o'clock. More on that in a second. Mississippi State dominating win over VCU last night. McLeod had to work for it a little bit, just a little bit. He labored some. His pitch count went up, uh, but, what, 12 strikeouts in the game last night and then Mississippi State's bats just really... Uh, dominating late in the night in Starkville last night. Then Ole Miss, uh, masterful pitching performances paired with some luck, and they get past Florida State. There's also some news uh, in the PGA Tour. John Rahm walking off the 18th green yesterday with a six-shot lead going into Sunday gets informed that he has to withdraw because he tested positive for COVID, but there's more layers to it than that, so we'll get to that if there's time, and uh, just a whole lot more with you, a whole lot to get to, but I I do want to start with this. I don't mean to ruin the good mood. I bet everybody's feeling pretty good this morning, right? I mean, your baseball teams have won. All three of your baseball teams won. It's just, I mean, the the crowds yesterday were just beautiful. I know we had a little bit of weather in Oxford that altered it some, and and in Starkville, the game was late, but uh, packed houses, great crowds. The grill smoke off in the distance in Duty Noble is just a sight. I mean, it, it looked, everything looked great yesterday, but um, if you want to continue to be happy, if you want to continue to be happy, don't look at the weather forecast. Because it's not, it's not pretty. I, I don't really know what they're, they're going to do today if we're being honest. So I'm looking at the weather. I've got Oxford pulled up right now. I'll give you Starkville's as well. Now, apparently it's currently raining. I'm not there, so I don't know for sure. But my uh, my phone here is telling me that it's currently raining. And there's a 100% chance of rain at 10, 11, 12, and 1. It does drop down to 30 at 2 o'clock, so maybe they can get some baseball in. But back up to 50 at 3 and then 80, 60, 50, 60, 50, 60, 60, 70, 60 for the rest of the day, hour by hour in um, in Oxford. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm being told that the, the sound on the website link isn't working. Um, it, if any of you are listening right now on the website, can you hear this by chance? I'm actually going to test it right now, live on air, because I want to make sure I can get this fixed. Um, no, the sound is not working. Great. That's 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 just, uh, that's great. Um, shoot. Okay. So, oh, man. It's always something, right, every week. Um, I don't know how to fix that either. Uh, I will provide a different link for those of you. Um, shoot, man. This stinks. This really stinks. Uh, and there's nothing I can do about it right now because uh, I'm live on air. <laughs> oh, man. Um, live media sometimes. I mean, I understand why people gravitated more towards the podcasting part of it because if this happened on a podcast, all I had to do was just quick turn my microphone off and um, and we'd, we'd be all good. <laughs> I can't do that here, though. And I got another three minutes until this commercial break while I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. Um, shoot. <sighs> you know, guys, I'm, I'm just going to try to, to correct this, uh, right now. Uh, 
because really the live stream is really where most of the audience should come from. And if the people can't hear it on the live stream, they're just watching me talk to myself right now. I got a bright yellow shirt on. It's also disrupting the camera, making the camera I look like the sun right now, which I guess would be a good thing because we need it based on the uh, the weather right now. Just uh, just not pretty. I don't know what they're going to do, and that's the thing. Let's pretend for a second that this weather doesn't go away. It's possible that it doesn't, and I hate to to be this guy. Um, it's possible that it doesn't. If the rain continues all day today and all day tomorrow, I mean, we could be approaching a women's golf in the Baton Rouge regional situation. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. I mean, it just ending the um, ending the regional without a definitive answer and just moving the highest seat on is, is just um, it's just a shame. Hey, JP, are you listening on um, on the Listen Live or the Watch Live feature? I think it's the watch that isn't working, not the, not the Listen. I think it's the video feed, but uh, but but let me know. Because um, I just tested the, uh, the video feed, and um, it wasn't working for me either. Uh, so let me know. But if this weather doesn't go away... I mean, that is something that they will do. I mean, they, they won't play into the week. They, they can't. They have to have the regional done by a certain time. And I've, I've looked. I've tried to find it. I can't find it. Uh, but I, I know, w- without a doubt, there is a time that they have to be done. And right now, uh, the, the forecast isn't looking good. And so you, just, you hope it gets out of here. They find windows to play because... No, nobody wants that, right? I mean, even it would be great if Mississippi State w- would not have to play another game and just move on. I mean, ideally, you'd love to have them in a super regional, but I think even state fans would agree that they don't want to win that way. I think Chris Lamonis would agree he doesn't want to win that way. He wants it to be decided on the field, not by weather. So hopefully, all this stuff gets out of here. And I, I promise you, for the rest of the day, I won't mention it. I won't bring it up. I won't talk about it again because that is. Um, uh, that that is a very pessimistic way to to look at it. A very pessimistic way to look at it. So I'm not going to do it anymore this morning. I promise. All right, here's the music. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to butt out early here and try to figure out what the heck's going on. If there's anything I can do to get the the video audio working in the meantime. Oh man, in the meantime, I don't know what to do. So hopefully I can get this fixed. Thank you guys for tuning in. Glad you're with me. And uh, I know uh, some of you guys have texted in, so we'll get to those uh, coming up after the break. 601-879-4395 is the text line. I'm going to put my uh, engineering hat on. Problem is I don't have one. (laughs) Hopefully all will be good when we come back. It's Sports Sunday on Super Talk. Don't go anywhere. Thanks uh, to all of you for, for letting me know how you're listening. That wasn't a fishing attempt, I promise. I really needed to know where the error was coming from. As it turns out, it's just the video feed that is lacking audio. So, for those that are trying to listen on the app at home, which I know a lot of you during football season watch this uh, over your coffee, which is a really cool thing, by the way. I actually um, was running in the neighborhood uh, last week and had one of my neighbors uh, stop me so his kids could pet my dog. 
And it turns out he was one of the people that uh, watches the Sunday show over his coffee during football season. Um, so I appreciate that. This morning, though, not possible. Uh, again, we're having uh, audio issues just on the video feed. And uh, I don't know what to do about it. But Listen Live is working. The app is working. And the handful of stations that come and go during the two hours uh, are all are all working. So thank you guys for letting me know. Glad that you are with me this morning, uh, as you tend to be. I, I appreciate that. This is an awful time slot with inconsistent stations, and uh, I, it, it still has an audience, which uh, is uh, incredibly awesome and undeserved. But I appreciate you guys nonetheless. So where should I start this morning? I, I can't decide. By the way, Steven's listening this morning. He's a crazy person. He got married yesterday, and he's listening to me talk about sports. He's nuts. But he's uh, an incredible guy. He said a little rain had them call an audible at the last minute, but otherwise it was a perfect day. And uh, he'll be back in the booth next uh, next Sunday. So that's awesome. And uh, congratulations to the two of you. I can't believe you're listening. You shouldn't be. But uh, I'm thankful that you are. And all of you guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Mark. Mark is asking if it's an advantage for Ole Miss if no baseball is played today due to the weather. Uh, the only advantage uh, would be, well, I guess there's two things. One, uh, Taylor Broadway, I think he could pitch Monday regardless, but a day of rest for Broadway would be um, obviously quite helpful. And same thing for Doherty. So you'd have two bullpen arms that you could comfortably throw in a Game 3 situation tomorrow. But Ole Miss right now, if they play baseball today or not, has the advantage over Florida State or Southern Miss in in bullpen right now. And, of course, the two of them are going to have to play an extra game anyway. But right now, Ole Miss, they only used four pitchers in these two games. And Taylor Broadway could throw again today. I, I wouldn't, but his pitch count and his two appearances so far in this regional have been really low. I think he's under 40 pitches combined. Um, so Mike Bianco's done a really nice job in, in managing his pitching staff in these first two games, only throwing four guys. So t- today, if they get the game in, you've still got, um, obviously McDaniel's going to start, but you've got Tyler Myers available. Johnson hasn't thrown. Kimbrell hasn't thrown. Uh, I mean, you could go back to Broadway if you need to. You could go to Doherty again if you need to. Ole Miss is in great shape uh, right now. And as we learned last week in the CUSA tournament, as – Southern Miss has to play more games. Their options on the mound are quite limited. Um, So I I don't know if the rain adds an advantage or not, other than if it rains so much over the next two games. As it rains so much in the next two days, let me try that again. That was a bad slip. Um, Sometimes, you know, you just get to talking and – yeah, the, the words go faster than you're thinking. Um, apologies for that. Then Ole Miss would just get sent on. I believe that's how it would, would work. But I expect them to get the baseball in. I don't think it adds an advantage to the team, though, at all. Um, Richard says, sounding good on the radio, and you can do nothing about the weather. I just hope we get to play it out. Hail State. That's from Richard. Appreciate you listening, Richard. No, I agree, man. See, that's what I was talking about it. I don't think anybody wants to win that way. So we're just going to hope that the rain goes away so Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss can all play their games uh, today. Yeah, William, that was rough. (laughs) He says, sound it out. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, that was uh, that was rough. Uh, Borky out of context. If that uh, if that existed, uh, would not be kind to me uh, today for sure. Let's uh, let's start with Mississippi State though. Uh, a, a big win last night from uh, the scoreboard and just going two and zero in your regional. And I want to start with with this in particular though. I know he labored some. And so did Bedner. Bedner labored a little bit. McLeod labored a little bit last night. Threw 123 pitches and just five and two-thirds. And Chris Limonis, I think, generally really pulls the right strings. I think from a managerial perspective, he's really good. He's not just a good recruiter or talent developer or whatever. But I love the shift that he uses. Um, Of course, he, he gives... His pitching coach basically free reign to kind of make the decisions. At least that's what he said last night. But from a managerial standpoint, I think he he's really good at, at feeling the game out and making lineup decisions and game decisions. Uh, last night, I do think McLeod was left in one batter too long. After the uh, the base hit that scored a run uh, in the sixth, I think he should have been taken out there uh, instead of. Um, after the home run. I think that would have been a better... And it's not a hindsight thing. I was actually thinking that in real time, that I cannot believe they let him see another batter um, after the run was scored in the sixth. He was clearly out laboring a little bit. And, and it's okay to, to stretch him because he hasn't really been stretched all year. He, it, But he had his pitch count was high. He was laboring a little bit. VCU squared him up. I think that would have been a better time to pull him instead of after the home run. But VCU is a team that, since April 27th, is averaging 12 runs a game. So even though it's not SEC competition, and I think we saw that also last night, like Brandon Smith and and Stinnett were probably the best arms that they've seen maybe all year, and they're not even the first or second bullpen options uh, for Mississippi State. And they had stuff that VCU just clearly wasn't prepared for. But regardless of that, it's an offense that since April 27th, in 16 games, is averaging 12 runs per game. The day before, they just lit up Campbell. Just lit them up. It's an offense that is confident, that is capable, and made McLeod work a little bit. And he pitched really well against an offense that was prepared um, and and able to score a bunch of runs. So, yeah, it took him a little extra work. He wasn't as sharp as he could have been. Um, But it it needs to start there. Because while Mississippi State scored, you know, 16 runs in the game, it was close there for a little while until that nine spot in the bottom of the sixth for Mississippi State, which effectively ended the game. But if McLeod didn't keep them in check early, it would have been a different game. That is a really good VCU offense, a capable VCU offense that has got to be really confident going into the game last night, and he largely held them in check. So while the story is going to be, and probably should be, the offense, 14 hits, 16 runs, I mean, just bombs everywhere, right? I mean, it was an offensive explosion, but I think that was a really positive 12 strikeout positive performance from McLeod to keep that really good offense in check, and that led Mississippi State to winning the game last night and doing so comfortably. VCU can score. You've seen it. You know it. And because of how good he was, Mississippi State dominated last night. 
So it didn't look pretty, but it was all you needed against a really good offense. And then uh, Smith and Stinnett just slammed the door after uh, the offense just exploded last night. So Mississippi State sits at 2-0. Two really comfortable wins in their regional, and um, they await, regardless of who the opponent is, uh, they await a team that they are clearly much better than. And that's kind of what we talked about going into this weekend. And, you know, some state fans didn't really like it, but it, it was just the truth. I mean, the, it was a nice draw. It's teams that you're clearly better than. And we've seen so far in this regional that it's a couple of teams that um, has not seen what Mississippi State is able to offer on the mound. And, oh, by the way, Landon Sims hasn't thrown a pitch yet. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to be deep into what I think is going to be VCU's bullpen, and they might see, or I think they will see, you're going to see Sims regardless of the score, I think, um, one of the best closers in America. <laughs> uh, so everything is going perfectly right now for, for Mississippi State. They're hitting the baseball well, comfortable wins. You got really good bullpen performances, which I think is important. And Sims has still yet to throw a pitch. So all is good right now uh, for Mississippi State. Just dominating right now in a regional that they should be dominating. And if if you guys will um, forgive me for, for doing something bad, I, I did go to bed before the end of the state game. After the nine spot in the sixth, I went to bed, watched the seventh on my phone, and then and then went to bed after the seventh. I hope, I hope you guys will forgive me for that because uh, it was just dominating and I was tired. I knew I had to get up this morning. Please forgive me for not watching the end of that. But um, very nice win for Mississippi State, and they're comfortably in the driver's seat in their regional. Ole Miss is also in the driver's seat, but it was a little less comfortable. We'll get to that next, as well as your text if you want to be a part of the show. 601-879-4395 is the text line. I'll be right back. Michael Borky with you. It's Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. You want to be a part of the conversation, I'd love to have you. 601-879-4395 on the text line. So Mississippi State dominates in the first two games of their regional. They move on to hopefully, hopefully play today. I mean... Weather's not looking good today or tomorrow. So hopefully they'll get to play today. We, we can play baseball, but we will see. A, uh, well, interested to see who Chris Limonis throws today? Maybe just start Landon Sims, see how far he can go. I don't know. But arrested Landon Sims awaits at some point uh, Campbell or VCU. On the flip side in Oxford, Southern Miss won a football game yesterday. More on that in a second. Ole Miss last night... Um, Got a win, and that is all that matters. Winning is far greater than the alternative, for sure. And and I made the comparison on on the post-game recap podcast last night uh, to hitting a hole-in-one. Holes-in-one in in golf are entirely lucky. It's complete luck, always. It is lucky. It's lucky. But... The pros are more likely to hit them because they get the ball closer to the hold more often. And so 
John Rahm, bless him, after what happened yesterday, he hit a hole in one. It it was lucky. But guys like him are more likely to do it because they hit the ball closer to the hole more often. That is the way I look at Ole Miss's game yesterday. If we're being honest with ourselves, they got lucky. If a Florida State shortstop does not rush a throw on Tim Elko, who is running on one ACL, Ole Miss loses yesterday. But... Doug Nikhazy being what Doug Nikhazy is, and then Taylor Broadway being electric last night, was Ole Miss hitting the ball closer to the hole? So on one hand, yes, they got lucky last night. They stole one from Florida State. They stole one. Absolutely, they stole one. But also, when you have two pitchers that pitched like that, you get lucky sometimes. When Doug Nikhazy is as good as Doug Nikhazy was last night, and basically always, and then when you bring in Broadway and he's as electric as he is, that's you hitting the ball closer to the hole. And last night it went in. It's really that simple. Winning is more important. Winning is more important than losing. And that's what happened last night. Compton and Madison is asking uh, what went down between Florida State's first base coach and the Ole Miss dugout. Sadly, I don't know for sure. That's... Among the many awful things about the guys broadcasting the game from home, that is also a part of it. Because Tom and KP had no idea anything was happening until it was too late. They had no idea. If they were there at the game, they could have referenced it faster, caught onto it earlier, and maybe the camera guys would have been able to pan over and, and see what was happening. Uh, somebody that was there said the Florida State first base coach was yelling into the Ole Miss dugout for some reason. And, and apparently one of the Ole Miss assistants really didn't take too well to that and, and fired back. And uh, I don't know. So honestly, I don't know what happened. I, I do know this, though. Um, I don't care what Ole Miss's dugout was saying. If, if they were the instigators, again, I don't know. But an opposing coach should never yell into the dugout of any team, especially if it's directed towards players, which, you know, we don't know. Who knows? But coach your own team, and if there's a real problem, let the umpires know. If there's a real problem, if the Ole Miss dugout is taking it too far, which, again, I have no idea what was happening, but let's just pretend for a second that that's what was going on. Coach your own team, and if it's really bad, there, there's an umpire right there on the first baseline who could probably also hear it. And if it's that bad, he would do something about it. And if you think he should, let him know. Don't turn around and yell into an opposing dugout. Coach your own team. That's that's what you should do. But And, and that's a blanket statement regardless of what was happening. Coach your own team. Get your own guys in line and let somebody else deal with an opponent. But but that's just me. I, I wish I knew, though. I had no idea. But these remote broadcasts, I mean, they're awful, man. They're, they're awful. Tom and KP should be in Oxford. They should be. It, same thing in Starkville. It's the exact same thing. Yes, like, they have a natural sound mic there, so, like, you can kind of hear people. 
By the way, there was a lot more than 10,100 people in Starkville yesterday. Um, But it sounds like these guys are in a closet. And it sounds like through the television, there's 12 people in the stands, not 12,000. It stings. And there were multiple times so far in the Starkville Regional where a guy would hit a ball, and since the only angle the broadcasters have is the the behind-the-pitcher TV angle, the color analyst in Starkville has reacted as if it's a home run and it's a lazy fly ball. Because from that angle, it looks like a good swing and it looks like good contact. But if they were in the ballpark, they would know there's no shot that thing's going out. Little things like that completely take away from the broadcast. They, they really do. And I had somebody ask me on Twitter the other day, well, why are they doing this at this point? The, the answer is really simple. It's cost-cutting measures. It's not COVID anymore. They were testing this before COVID hit. They were doing college basketball games remotely before we knew what the coronavirus was. They were doing it to cut costs. I don't know if you've noticed, but ESPN is having to cut costs everywhere. They they keep certain screaming blowhards on their platforms for millions of dollars a year, but they're cutting real journalists who do good work. But anyway, um, they're doing it to save money. They have a very convenient excuse to not send broadcasters to the location because it, it's not cheap. I mean, what do you think a hotel in Starkville right now is running? And you got to get two rooms for, what, three, four nights? You got to pay for their airfare? Every expense they have gets sent back to the company. That's a couple thousand bucks, right? At a minimum. And there's 16 host sites. And they got to do it for super regionals. And you got to do it for softball and basketball and everything. They're doing it to save money. But right now they have a very convenient excuse for for why they're doing this. And it absolutely takes away from the broadcast. It, it absolutely does. They miss things. Uh, there was a a point in the Ole Miss game last night where Kevin Graham took second base on a throwing error, and they because the tele, the camera wasn't focused on the play, it was zoomed in on like an individual, they missed it entirely. They have no idea what the throwing error was. You, you couldn't see it, and you didn't. They, Tom didn't know that Kevin Graham got to second base. It's awful. It's really awful. And the NCAA tournament deserves better than those remote broadcasts because they're terrible. <laughs> uh, JP says, Old Mrs. Bullpen is in great shape. Four pitchers over two games is worth a win by itself. Absolutely. I mean, and credit goes to Mike Bianco. He made the right... Last night, Ole Miss does not win if Doug Nikhazy's not pitching. If that's Derek Diamond, they lose. He made the right call pitching Diamond on Friday, and because he made that decision and only had to throw four guys in two games, they're in great shape to win this regional now because Southern Miss does not have the available pitchers whenever they get to play against each other if they win because it'll be game four for Southern Miss and game three for Ole Miss. you got to give credit where it's due. Mike Bianco pulled the right strings with his pitching staff this week, and they could probably throw Broadway again because his pitch count has been so low over his two appearances. I think he's under 40 pitches combined, I said earlier. Um, so a really nice job there. And um, 
JP also says, I'm starting to feel like you know how to pronounce uh, niche, but you've been trolling people since I joined in January. Yeah, I do it on purpose because Richard always makes fun of me for it. So, yeah, I say niche. Um, and I even do this little hand thing, niche. Um, it's more fun. I don't know. It's just kind of my thing. Okay, JP, uh, I think he was there. You were there, right? If not, we'll uh, we'll take his word for it. He said it was Nikhazy taking forever to go back to the plate. Guy at the dish was in a one-two hole, had tossed to the first three times. Guy strikes out next pitch. Not gospel, but it was evident. Absolutely right about the remote broadcast being crap. Yeah, there was so, it, it, it was something to do with Nikhazy throwing over to first and uh, things were said and Florida State's first base coach got into it, and I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. Jeremy says they could have walked the ball to first base on the Elko single rather than throwing it away. I mean, talk about not knowing a scouting report. And going into the game, Florida State uh, apparently not really good on the middle infield, and it cost them last night. Two errors led to the Ole Miss win. Um, But, I mean, talk about not knowing a scouting report and the personnel. Rushing a throw on Tim Elko, who's running on one good ACL, costing your team the game. What a brutal mistake that was. Awful. 6-0-1-8-7-9-43-95. Got one more text we'll get to, and then actually look at this game. I kind of wasted time on the remote broadcast thing, but it's just awful. I had to say something. We'll get to the actual game next. It's Sports Sunday. Don't go anywhere. Back into Sports Sunday, Michael Borky with you. A bunch of your texts. So I, I said we were going to talk about the game itself. Depending on how long these last, I may save it for the next hour. I mean, shoot, I've got a whole nother hour with you guys. Plenty of time to talk baseball. And by the way, I hope we can get to what the heck happened in Florida this weekend. Woof. Was it 19 to 1? To South Alabama? Uh... Schmedium O'Sullivan is focused on that LSU job, apparently. He's got one foot out the door. <laughs> Ooh, that was terrible. In front of like 500 people, too. You build a $65 million ballpark, just have none of your fans show up. Imagine that. One of you says, if ESPN hadn't gone completely political, they could uh, probably afford to send the announcers to the games. Uh, it's uh, Of course, it's more nuanced than that, but they are victims of their own demise, for sure. Um just bad decision after bad decision as far as programming goes and personnel and everything like that. They're, it's their own fault and uh, and nobody else's. David Ripley says, I like listening to the games on the radio best. They do such a good job. I always feel like I'm there. Especially now that this remote broadcast thing is becoming a thing. Uh, it's just awful. And you can tell. And they've got to do a better job at getting some natural sound into the broadcast. They really do. Because it felt like there was 12 people in Oxford and Starkville yesterday. They, they do... When you have crowds like that, you should be able to feel it through the television. I love watching NFL games on CBS. Any game on CBS, really. Because it's almost as if they sacrifice hearing the broadcaster so you can hear the crowd. It feels like at times the broadcasters are having to yell over the crowd. And I love that because you feel like you're there. You just you get so much more energy out of it. Instead, last night, it felt like Tom Hart was in a closet. 
just I can't stand it. But and baseball is the easiest sport to listen to as well. I think uh, I think basketball is the worst, and and football's tough. I mean, they, they do a good job, and it used to be the only way we could listen. But baseball is by far the best listening to sport there is for sure. I'm going to need more context on this text. He says, it felt like the beer showers the Florida State fans threw in the stadium really got the crowd angry and into the game, changed the whole complexion of the game. I need to know more. Because if if Florida State fans inside of the stadium threw drinks in the air during home runs, that is lame. And not because, oh, they're taking Ole Miss's thing. No. In that stadium... The only place where you should throw your drink is in the student section. It's almost like a, you know, once you pass this line, just know that you can get beer thrown on you, right? If you're sitting in the stadium or are in left field at Swayze, you should not throw a drink in the air. That is something that the students do and nowhere else. If there were Florida State fans inside of the stadium throwing drinks in the air, that's lame. I mean, come on. That's what the students do. That's why that's why it's reserved for that section. It's awesome when it's just the students. They're prepared for it. You know that when you sit in that section, it's possible that's going to happen. And also, it's 19-year-olds. In the stadium, there's likely kids around you. Wow. Four people were thrown out of the game. Good. Good. They should have been thrown out of the game. He said third baseline. Good. It's ridiculous. What are you doing? I'm glad they got thrown out. That that kind of stuff is reserved for one section, and when you're in that section, you know it's possible. Otherwise, when there's kids around, when there's people that just don't want alcohol thrown on them, you don't do it there. Good. It's ridiculous. Idiots. I mean, come on. What are you doing? Mock stuff all day long. But, but throwing alcohol in the section where... It's normal people in regular seats. I'm glad you got kicked out, idiot. Um, four idiots, apparently. Good. And they took that L as well. So not only did they get kicked out of the game, they didn't get to see their team lose on the field. Tough scene. Um, another one says, If by chance the weather doesn't cooperate and there are puddles on the field, does the NCAA automatically advance the Rebels and Bulldogs to the next round? We all know the fields have to be at a championship standard. <laughs> um, there, There is, I don't know what the day is. I've been try- During the break, I've been trying to find like the bylaw or something, and I can't find it. I do know that there is a day where if there's... If, if they haven't completed the regional by a day, my guess, my guess would be like Tuesday. If they can't finish it by a certain day, they will move teams on. And that that would stink if that's the case. So you just you hope it's not. Hopefully this weather moves away and uh, we don't even have to think about it. Because that, that's just... That, that would just stink if that's the case. But the forecast, if you think today looks bad, tomorrow doesn't look any better. It's um, it's going to be really tough to um, going to be really tough to uh, get baseball in this uh, this weekend. So six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Got more baseball to talk about in the next hour, and would love for you guys to continue being a part of it this morning.
Hour two coming up. Don't go anywhere. Gonna let this roll for a little bit. We need a little positivity on this rainy, rainy day. Welcome into Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. This is hour number two, by the way. Riding solo this morning, Stephen Gagliano is off to his honeymoon. I forget where he's going. He just got married, though. And it is good to be with you. Forecast in Oxford and Starkville are not favorable for two baseball games today. I told you the Oxford one earlier. Here's uh, Starkville today. Apparently, it is currently raining and will be a 100% chance until 1 o'clock. It drops down to 60 at 2 o'clock, down to 40 at 3 o'clock, and then up to 80, 70, 70, 60, 70, 70, 70, 70, 80, all the way to midnight tonight. So you guys might want to call the boss and maybe take the day off tomorrow. But it is good to be with you. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Hopefully a little Bob Marley pepped you up this morning. It did me. Back to the text line. Bob says there's a raw option on ESPN for the College World Series. No announcers, just crowd like I'm there at the game. No has-been player telling me what I already know. I didn't know that that you, you could do that. If either one of our teams makes it, put the raw option on the TV and then pop in the radio crew, that's for sure. Talking about the Florida State fans throwing beer inside of the stadium at Swayze, one of you says they probably did not response to Ole Miss fans doing the chop in the first when errors happened. Yeah, th- there is a difference, though. I mean, right? A clear difference. Doing the chop, sarcastically, does not potentially throw alcohol on a child. See how there's there's a difference here? I am very pro if your opponent does something like the chop or the land shark or whatever and you're beating them, mock it all you want. To the victor go the spoils, right? There's a difference, though, between mocking the chop, mocking the little land shark thing. If you don't like when somebody's mocking you, then then beat them. I, I hear you. And if the Florida State fans were in right field and they mocked the beer shower, I'm cool with it because you know when you're out there that can happen. But don't throw anything like that inside of a stadium with kids around or just people that that didn't subject themselves to that. They should have been kicked out. That, that that's That's simply crossing a line. You shouldn't do that. That's just a no-brainer. Just a no-brainer at all. <laughs> JP says, shame on those Florida State fans. Those were $9 beers wasted, not Natty Light like in right field. I, I don't think they make this anymore. I remember in my college days, though, there was a, a thing called Beer 30. I didn't know who made it or what the brand was or anything. I just knew that it was like nine seventy five for a 30-pack. It, it, it was like a purple purple case and it was just called beer 30 that's it and um it was just water basically (laughs) that's what it was like but it was yeah it was like nine bucks um and then that went away like my sophomore year and then we switched to natty which was like 12 dollars a 30 pack or so different deal if you're in right field expect to get beer porn on you 
because that happens out there. If you're in the stadium, don't throw stuff. One of you says, good morning. How are the paired regional teams faring with Mississippi State and Ole Miss? So right now, it looks like it's kind of going to chalk. Notre Dame's impressing right now. Notre Dame was dominant yesterday. I don't remember the exact score off the top of my head, so I will find it for you. They beat UConn, who was an upset pick. Uh, to win that regional, a lot of people thought the Huskies I mean, had a real chance. Notre Dame beat them yesterday 26-3. to 26-3 to yesterday. So, barring something crazy, it sounds like Notre Dame's going to be on their way to Starkville, of course, should Mississippi State take care of business, which I expect them to do. On the flip side, uh, Ole Miss's cross opponent in the regional is Arizona, and Arizona got a really comfortable win last night. I think it was 4 to nothing was the final. I'm trying to find it. Yeah, over UC Santa Barbara. And uh, so Oklahoma State will play UC Santa Barbara today. And uh, the winner of that will see Arizona again. But Arizona's in the driver's seat. Notre Dame is in the driver's seat. So right now, it sounds like things are just going to go to chalk. It's baseball. Crazier things have happened. But uh, should Ole Miss and Mississippi State take care of business, it sounds like it's going to be Arizona, Ole Miss going to Tucson, and then Notre Dame, who's playing well, uh, coming to Starkville. So that's uh, that's how it's looking right now. By the way, Steven's heading to Charleston tomorrow. Yes, sir. Go fishing. One of the best fishing places in the planet. Tim in Corinth is asking if we could talk about the two-lane pitcher playing mind games with opposing teams by touching the palm of his glove before each pitch. Uh, He was doing that when they played at Mississippi State earlier this year. And it was cracking me up, man. I mean... He's got nothing on it because in the state series, he's got really good stuff. And in the state series, you guys remember this. Chris Lamonis, and, and I would have done the same thing, got the umpires to check his glove because he's throwing great stuff. And before every single pitch, he's up, he's up here rubbing his glove like he's got something on it. And they checked his glove and he's got nothing on it. And he's just striking people out. That cracks me up so much, man. I, I think it's hilarious. Because that's exactly what it is, Tim. It's mind games. It's what it's what he's doing. He's got the dugout watching him, and he's got everybody wondering, what's he doing? What's he doing? And go check his glove, and then he gets... He did it in Starkville. He got his glove checked. Nothing on it. Turns around to the Mississippi State dugout and gives them a big old thumbs up. I mean, that's just what he's doing, and it cracks me up. Especially now that you've got what's going on in Major League Baseball where every pitcher was just blatantly... I mean, just without any regard, putting stuff in their gloves and, and before every pitch, making their fingers sticky. I, I uh, saw something last week where a, uh, a a guy was in the on-deck circle, Major League Baseball player, and there was a little lazy foul ball hit towards him, and he grabbed the baseball, and the ball stuck to his hand. He had to pull the ball basically off of his hand because there was that much sticky stuff on it that the pitcher was using that the ball, like, he, he felt it on the baseball. That's how bad it's gotten at the major league level. And it uh, sounds like they're cracking down on it. So they're going to do randomized checks of pitcher's gloves throughout the game, mostly in between innings as to not um, slow the game down. That's the goal. But they've got to check it. it. It's getting absurd. It was blatantly obvious. You're already having a hard enough time getting guys to hit the baseball, and now you're just allowing the pitchers to have an unfair advantage? 
And then you see some, I saw some pitchers on Twitter yesterday getting mad that the league is going to check their gloves now. Well, then stop cheating, man. Why does that make you mad? If you're doing it the right way, shouldn't bother you. Yeah, here, ump. Check my glove. Nothing on it. I'm all good. It's fine. If this means you're going to stop the other guys from doing it, I'm all good. That's what the mentality should be. But there are too many guys that have been dependent on cheating. It's blatant cheating. And now they're going to get checked for it. And some of them are mad. And cry me a river. Learn how to pitch without cheating. JP says, 30-30, Keystone, yeah. And then David Ripley says, Natty? They ought to call it Nasty, Bud Light. <laughs> hey, man, when you're on a budget, you know? I mean, that's what cracks me up about the uh, the beer shower criticism. Like, uh, our colleague here at Supertalk, Brian Haydad's like, oh, it's just a waste of beer. No, it's not. They they bought the, the, the stuff they're drinking. They bought it for, like, $11, and they're probably to the end of the cup anyway, and it's June, so it's hot, and so they throw up like a quarter of a cup of beer. They couldn't care less. They've got 26 more in the cooler. They're good. It's not a waste of anything when it's watered-down, cheap garbage. <laughs> it's not like they're throwing up the, you know, Susie B from uh, uh, Southern Prohibition down in Hattiesburg up in the air where it's like $12 a six-pack. They're not doing that. They're... um it's not a waste of anything. In fact, after you throw one, you're pumped that you get to fill in a new one so you don't have to drink that hot crap anymore. But uh, anyway. Anyway. We we have yet, and this is my fault, of course, but we have yet to actually talk about the old Miss game itself. Uh, Doug Nikhazy, 16 strikeouts. What's so impressive about him is, I mean, he gave up two home runs. No doubters. Ole Miss was struggling offensively bad. They had a bad night at the plate last night. Um, he gives up two home runs to give up the lead, and he gets out of the inning and then puts up two more zeros with, I think, four more strikeouts and won the game as a result. I mean, he's just he's dominant, and when things go wrong, it doesn't impact him at all, and he is so, so, so impressive in that moment. Shortstop kind of threw away the game for Florida State. But when Nikhazy pitches like that and Broadway pitches like that, you deserve to win the game. So Ole Miss did last night. It wasn't all pretty, though. So we'll get to some of that and more of your text and uh, look around the country as we move along in this Sunday morning. It is Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. It wasn't all good for Ole Miss last night. Now, the important thing to know is a win is a win, and winning is all that matters. I had a friend tell me uh, last night that for all the times that uh, people have gotten lucky against Ole Miss, it's uh, about time that they got a return. And that's true. I'm here. uh, I'm not here to disagree with that for sure. And by the way... um, If you missed me talking about Mississippi State's dominating win last night, it will be uploaded on the podcast right after the show. Uh, I talked about it in the first hour. Long story short, McLeod was... The stat line doesn't impress you, but when you consider that VCU averages 12 runs a game, 12 runs a game since April 27th, 16 games, 12 runs a game, he kept them largely in check. 
Now, there's one criticism. I think Lamonis kept him in at least one batter too long. Uh, after that RBI single in the sixth, probably would have been a good time to pull him. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but in that moment, I was thinking, yeah, you got to go get him. So, a small mistake there, but offensively, Mississippi State was dominant, hit home runs. I mean, that's that's what they should do against pitching like what they saw with VCU. It's what they should do. But that offense can score, and McLeod kept them in check, and then Mississippi State's bullpen has been been really nice. So, if you missed any of that, it will be uploaded in the podcast. Search my name or Mike in the Morning also. I think that we've gotten it to a point where both will turn up results, but who knows? I've been trying for weeks. Uh, either one, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, subscribe there. I, I do a live stream every morning, and that feed is is there as well. Um, so check it out sometime. But if you miss that, it'll be uploaded right after the show. Talking Ole Miss right now. Um, Nikhazy was excellent. 16 strikeouts, ties a, a school record. His resilience when things go wrong is really impressive. Broadway was really good, but... They got lucky last night. They, they quite simply got lucky last night. A couple, three errors from Florida State is what led to Ole Miss's scoring. If a shortstop doesn't rush a throw on a player running with one ACL, Ole Miss probably loses last night. The offensive approach uh, was was pretty awful, really awful last night. Um, they they really kept Florida State in the game. A couple of things, um, bad at bats in key moments. I mean, how often did they ground into double place last night? Um, and I don't know what Mike Bianco can do to fix it, really. I think Chatney's got to be out of the, the leadoff spot, but you shouldn't put McCants back there. He's been, quite frankly, bad for, for some time now. So I don't know what you do. Maybe put Gonzalez in that spot. I don't know. Uh, but it was really, really bad. Really bad last night. And I, I hate to, to do this about individual players. Um Especially young young guys like this, I don't like doing it, but it's the truth. McCants was was brutal last night for Ole Miss. Uh, if he if they don't communicate better in the outfield, he's going to get Kevin Graham killed one day. And then getting caught leaning with the bases loaded on a pickoff to end an inning is just something that cannot happen. Now I think you can make the argument that that he was safe, but I understand why they didn't overturn the call, and you get what you deserve when you make that kind of mistake. So mental mistake in the field, mental mistake on the base paths, and giving you bad at-bats at the plate. Just a a brutal night. And uh, Ole Miss has to get that corrected. They have to get that corrected, or else they're not winning anything of value. Um, That was tough to watch last night against a pitching staff that shouldn't be able to do that to you. And Florida State did last night. So a win is a win, and winning is... Literally, the only thing that matters, and they're on the driver's seat in the regional, and the pitching staff is healthy and and really full right now, and the weather is really just it's just going to screw everything up. But Ole Miss is in good shape right now. So um, a win is a win, and that's far more important than anything else, but they did not play well enough to win last night and got bailed out by two really high-level pitchers and a shortstop that just refuses to read scouting reports. They got to be better. They have got to be better uh, than that. <laughs> Dave, back back to the beer conversation. David Ripley says, "I tried Natty for about a month for the budget thing, and then I said, <laughs> word I can't repeat on the radio." Uh, angry emoji face. The budget. I hear you. 
Eric in Crystal Springs says, I'm okay with you, or okay, I'm with you on the no beer on kids and normal people and no stick them on the balls because the ones that are mad about it are the ones that are cheating. Now you think you can get to the game, Mr. Sarcastic, south of Jackson. And I love the, the premise. All right. All right. So, looking around the rest of college baseball right now, uh, what happened in Florida is absolutely mind-blowing, honestly. And uh, there's actually something I want to play for you. So there was a, uh, a news reporter in Tampa Bay that absolutely savagely roasted the Florida baseball team and the Florida fans. Uh, his name is Ben Murphy, and uh, this is just hilarious. So this is Ben Murphy on uh, WTSP talking about Florida and their performance and the fans and their regional this weekend. Call for Florida baseball, Florida sports, their fans, or lack thereof. Florida baseball was the unanimous preseason number one coming into the season. Every outlet, everywhere. I guess when you have that much smoke blowing up your tail, it's really hard to walk or catch a baseball. Pushing 70 errors this season, double digits more than the national title team had in 2017. Their season comes to a close after losing to South Alabama. It happens. It's baseball. What shouldn't happen, building a $65 million stadium, which I'm sure many in Tampa helped fund and have this, this, be the crowd that shows up to a postseason game. Got a text from someone at the game that said the South Alabama fans were actually louder than the home fans in orange and blue. Hmm. They're doing the Gator Chomp in Gainesville. People from South Alabama. This is what college baseball should look like and does around in the SEC. Meanwhile, the state school in Florida has a sleepwalking fan base for a team that's doing much of the same. <laughs> um, boom, roasted. Wow. They did sleepwalk, though. I mean, that, that was embarrassing. And, and I, I know that not everybody cares about college baseball the way they do around here, but man. It, and I know the easy excuse is, well, yeah, I mean, they were in the loser's bracket game. It was you know, noon on a Saturday instead of the night game that people were expecting. But their crowd the day before was awful, too. Just awful. And it, it actually, it does have an impact. It really does. Um, atmospheres and crowds do impact games. You guys remember back this last NFL season, I think I used this stat on Friday's show, but back during the NFL season, um, the road team won more games than they had in recent history. There's a reason for that. Nobody in the stands. It does matter. The energy that a crowd brings does, absolutely does, impact the game. There is no doubt about it. Ask anybody that's ever played the game at a high level. Crowds matter. Atmospheres matter. They directly impact the outcome of a game. And now I'm not saying that uh, if Florida would have had a better crowd, they wouldn't have lost 19-1. to but you can't tell me there's not an impact on that. And now we're on LSU watch for, for Kevin O'Sullivan. There, there's reporting out there that you know they're, they're going to make a run at him. There's reporting out there that LSU fans, a lot of them, are looking closely at Mike Bianco. And you know maybe that's not 
something that you guys would like me talking about the weekend they're still in a regional, but but there's something there's something there. And why shouldn't there be? So LSU guy. And I, I'm running up against a heartbreak here, so we'll talk about this more um after the break. But th- there might be something real to that. And um we'll see. We'll we'll see what Florida decides to do. Um I, I know Tennessee's making some kind of commitment to to Tony Vitello at Tennessee, who by the way, that that atmosphere on Friday night when Tennessee hit that walk-off, that was awesome. That was really awesome. But they don't do that weekly. I mean, there are, there are better jobs that Vitello could get. So we'll see. I mean, the coaching carousel, this is about to get really interesting because A&M could hire Schlossnagel from TCU. I mean, Florida could lose Kevin O'Sullivan, and despite the, the fans not showing up, that's a heck of a job. A lot of moving parts. So we'll discuss this next. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Get to some of yours. Hopefully get to this John Rahm thing. Uh, Six-shot lead after the third round was told as he's walking off the course. He's got to withdraw. Tested positive for COVID. Hopefully we'll get to that. Again, 601-879-4395. I'll be right back. Will Hall got his first game as uh, the Southern Miss head coach off on the right foot. Offense wasn't great yesterday, but 21 points on the board. It was the the nasty bunch, the defense for Southern Miss that held SEMO to zero points. 21-0 was the final score, and oh, wait a second, we're talking about baseball! Woo! Southern Miss, with a rain delay in between, just dominated SEMO yesterday to continue their postseason lives with a matchup, we hope, we hope, with Florida State later today. There were only two players that started for Southern Miss that did not have multiple hits in the game. There were only two guys that didn't have multiple hits in the game. Montenegro had five. Trimble had five. Sargent had three. Lynch had four. Just a, I mean, offensive explosion from Southern Miss. Um, man. So hopefully they can uh, they can keep playing. But um, Will Hall getting off uh, off to a good start. So back on this coach thing though. Um. Because I've had a couple people ask me about it. You know, would if LSU offered, would Mike Bianco take the job? And honestly, I have no, I have no idea. And I don't know if LSU would offer him the job. But I mean, if we're being honest here, he should take the call. I would, I would take the call. He played there, and there could be more money involved. <laughs> That's also a possibility. I don't know what LSU is going to do from here because they, I think they they're, they're going to be at a crossroads. Is LSU? Because um, I think they need to hire somebody squeaky clean, and, and that's just 
that's not just coming from me. People that uh, are better sourced than me have also said similar things. That LSU right now is probably not in a position to hire somebody with any kind of baggage, considering their current situation. And while there are some people that don't believe this, I do think that the NCAA is going to do something to LSU. I think that is going to happen. They just take forever, but I think that's going to happen. And considering what is going on around there, they can't take chances. Or at least there are some people there that think that they cannot take chances on somebody with a background. Even if it's not a background that's exactly public, but just anybody that has something out there that's not ideal, they may not be willing to take a risk on. So Mike Bianco's candidacy makes perfect sense. Good baseball coach. Consistent winner. Squeaky clean. Nothing in the background. Nothing that could come up later. And not every candidate for the LSU job can say that. And so that that makes sense to me. Checks a lot of boxes. Good coach, good recruiter. Nothing that can come up later. <laughs> and I think that that might matter more than... Um, more than people realize. Chris in Oxford says Bianco isn't going anywhere. He's too close to retirement, and they would demand a lot more than Ole Miss would anyway. He's he's 53, right? It's not close to retirement. I mean, I don't know about his personal aspirations. Maybe he doesn't want to coach baseball for a while, but I mean, I mean he's got another decade plus in him if he wants to. 53 is not close to retirement. (laughs) At least I don't think so. And yeah, the pressure is different at LSU than it is in Oxford. uh, For sure. He has been been at Ole Miss for a while. And I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, home, air quotes, your alma mater. Maybe it doesn't matter to him at all. It, It might not. But if I were him, I'd at least take the call. What if they're offering $500,000 more a year? You know, I mean, you just, you answer the phone. And you can, you can split hairs about how, how wide the gap is, but I don't think anybody would disagree that LSU is an easier job than that of Ole Miss. They have some scholarship help, not to the Vanderbilt level, but they have more advantages. Um, then Ole Miss does. They do. They have more advantages. Higher expectations, no doubt. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to watch because I think they could pry O'Sullivan away from Florida. I think they could. But will they? I think they could get Vitello away from Tennessee. Is that the direction they're going to go? But the background check is going to be a lot stricter than it usually would be considering the current situation of their athletic department. 
I think there's no doubt about that. JP says Montenegro also caught an 80-yard wheel route out of the backfield in case you missed it. <laughs> Scott Barry said yesterday, quote, there's a reason why people never say that's football or that's basketball, but they always say that's baseball. No kidding. No, uh, no kidding at all. All right, I want to talk about this John Rom thing. John Rom yesterday had to withdraw from the memorial after he learned that he tested positive for COVID-19. He, going into today, would have had a six-shot lead in the tournament. He was going to win the tournament. He was flat-out dominating. And during the broadcast yesterday, Jim Nance, uh, who's just a... He's so good. Um, Rom walks off the course, and a guy meets him and delivers him some news, and you see Rom go down to his basically go down to his knees and get really emotional, and they walk him off the course. But Jim Nance had no idea why. Turns out he had, that he had tested positive for COVID, and in fact, he had been in protocol all week. John Rom, uh, I guess, last weekend was in close contact with somebody that tested positive, and John Rom was allowed to continue to play in the tournament. But he had to keep distance away from players and stuff like that. And as it turns out, he actually hit a hole, a hole in one. And you can see he doesn't high-five any of the other players and stuff, which is just what they do. And that kind of tells you that, you know, he, he wasn't allowed to. They, they, they told him not to. Close contact and all that. He agreed to be tested every day, and we don't know for sure about his vaccination status, but he was being tested every day, and if he was vaccinated, he would not have been tested every day. So, you know, one plus two equals, and so he has to withdraw. And there are there are takes flying from both sides, you know, and I think I'm not going to anti-vaccine shame somebody. He's what? What is he? 26 years old, young and healthy. He hasn't gotten it yet. Maybe he should have. I'm not going to agree or disagree with his decision. I I think that's exhausting when people tell other people what they should do or, or shame them. It's just not what I'm going to do. I understand why the PGA Tour isn't doing this because optics are far more important than making sound, rational decisions. Because just 2% of the American adult population uh, does 90% of tweeting. But yet we let Twitter dictate our decisions. I don't see why, considering now what we know about this, the lack of spread outside why he couldn't be allowed to continue to play. He got the they knew that he was positive before the round finished. They didn't immediately go pull him off the court. So it was safe for him to play the rest of his round after they got the positive test. They deemed it safe for him to play with two other guys for the rest of his round yesterday, but it is not safe for him to play with one guy today. Explain that to me. Why does that make sense? They knew he was positive. Completely asymptomatic, by the way. They knew he was positive, but let him finish his round 
but yet can't play today. Explain that to me. It's a sport that is naturally socially distanced. You can play with somebody else while being completely away from them the entire time. And what we know about outside spreading, asymptomatic spreading, and the fact that most every player has been vaccinated. You know, maybe this is irresponsible or whatever. They they should find a way to let him finish his round today. Oh, well, that's what he gets for not getting vaccinated. He should be punished. Yeah, whatever. They could find a way to get it done, but Twitter would react negatively, and that's why they're not doing it. It's Sports Sunday. I'll be right back. More time with you. It's Sports Sunday on Super Talk. I'm Michael Borky. JP says that stung him to read this morning. Hate it for him. COVID COVID claims some more joy. Chris in Oxford says, look at it this way with Rom. He will regret not getting a shot for the rest of his life because he would have won this tournament. But if he was pulling out of last place and got the results, he never would have thought twice about it again for the rest of his life. And I've seen a lot of the you know the easy criticism as well. That's what he gets. You know, he he cost himself two million dollars, and that's what he gets. And he should have gotten it. And blah blah blah. I mean, I under I understand that. You know, that, that's what people should do to help get us past this thing. It's the only way. I, I understand that. But it, it's just, it's very easy for, I don't know, it's very easy for people to, like, vaccine shame. Uh, John Rahm has not, I mean, again, we don't know, but it's very likely that he didn't because he had to get tested every day. And if he had the shot, he would not have had to do that. So, there you go. But... I don't know. It's just, it's very easy to shame others for not making the same decision you did. He's a 26-year-old, you know, he's a 26-year-old healthy guy. Maybe, you know, you can call him selfish or whatever, and that's easy for you to do when you don't know the person. You have no idea. You have no idea why he, he has or has not. You don't know. So shaming him, I think that's a little lame. Doing the whole, that's what he gets, ha, 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 what an idiot thing. That's also kind of lame. Um, he will regret it. Even for a, a rich a rich young golfer, $2 million is $2 million. Um, and, and maybe you think the tour shouldn't accommodate somebody that didn't get the shot. And, and I understand that. I mean, it, he got COVID. That, that's what the rules say. It has to happen, and that's what he agreed to. So I, I don't feel bad necessarily. I, I just I think they sh- they could accommodate him, but the optics would look bad, so they can't do it. Even though it's a sport that is naturally socially distanced, it is outside, and what we know now about being outside and away from people. He's not going to give it to anybody else. They could get it done if they wanted to. But Twitter would be mad, and that's enough. That's enough. They let him finish his round knowing that he had a positive result. They let him finish his round with two other people. But he cannot play today with one. It, it, I don't know. David Ripley, slap a mask on him and let him play. He'd do it. 
If you made him wear a mask the entire time, he'd do it. And I promise you, you could get a player to play with him too so he didn't have an unfair advantage of playing by himself. I promise you, you could. Find a guy on the... Even if it's whoever's in second, there's a tie. If one of them is vaccinated, they'd play with him. I would. It's golf! You're out by yourself! The, The fans aren't around! Everybody's kept at a distance. It could be done, but anyway. Kyle says, my wife and I watched the Boston-New York hockey game last night, and it was great. First in years. Should have watched the first game after seeing highlights. Yeah, man, high playoff hockey's electric. Um, I was watching the uh, the Barstool. I pulled up the Barstool live stream where they had uh, that poor guy, the, the Islanders fan, Frankie. They, they had him set up at a table with a, the, the other Barstool employees that are all Bruins fans, and then they packed the bar in with just random Bruins fans. So this guy is by himself a diehard Islanders fan, just getting yelled at and heckled and all this stuff. And it's hilarious. And um, anyway, playoff hockey's awesome. And uh, glad you guys enjoyed it. I encourage you guys to watch it when you're not watching baseball. Probably won't get a chance to watch baseball today. Knock on wood. Quince's great show. Give Gag my best. Yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm excited for him. Uh, he was listening because he's a crazy person. But uh, hope you had the talk with him prior to his honeymoon. <laughs> Have a great day. You too, man. Yeah, uh, you too. And um, LSU staying alive in the tournament as well. What was it Central Connecticut State that they walked off yesterday? So interesting times coming up in college baseball for sure. And hopefully, hopefully we can play some today. Hopefully we can play some today. Outlook, though, not ideal. There is a window, though, it looks like, between like 1.30 and 4 in Oxford where they can play some baseball. Percentages are going down everywhere, so maybe uh, maybe we will get to play today. Who knows? Glad you guys were with me this morning in spite of yet another technological error that seems to only happen on this show. Glad you guys are with me, though. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. I'll be back with you next Sunday and on the live stream every morning and then on the, uh, the radio show in the afternoon. So check any of those out. And try to enjoy the baseball if it happens today. For Stevie Gagliano, who was off, I'm Michael Vorky. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.